Welcome to the Housing Literacy Podcast with host Matt Garino, founder of Powerful Homes. Matt's mission is to empower dreams through home ownership. We're here to help. We're going to do this together. And now, Matt Garino. Welcome back to the Powerful Homes Podcast, where we talk about housing literacy. And so grateful you're, you're here. Really excited to talk about today's topic. And before we jump in, I want to just say a few uh, quick clarifying things. And one of the, the first one is, you know, why am I doing a podcast on housing literacy? And the answer is very simple. It's that if you Google um, financial literacy, you Google uh, housing literacy, you'll find millions of hits for financial literacy, but you'll find almost nothing on housing literacy. Literally, you'll find nothing because one site uh, sponsored by HUD and that's about it. Um, and also, you know, I wasn't taught this. I don't think any of us were taught you know, what is housing literacy in, in middle school or high school or even college? I went to business school and, you know, became a CPA and we never talked about the real life stuff. There are lots of shows about it, which are super fun and cool to watch. Um, there, there are some great podcasts about information on, the, on, the, on real estate on the Internet. But as far as housing literacy, rubber meets the road. You know, what is the mindset I need to have and what are the actual tactics that I need to implement to, to buy my first home uh, and, and, and or invest in real estate, build homes and anything in the space, different uh, asset types. Uh, there's no real thing out there. And so what I'm trying to do is create value for the listener. And again, I'm really grateful that you're here that you can use, you can use practically. Um, the, the second thing is, you know, on this podcast, we're going to talk about some things, you know, through stories, you know, we're going to give uh, we're going to have interviews. Um, we're going to give a lot of case studies, actual people doing actual things, um, even giving you context for what I've done for the last 25 years to give you the confidence to have the mindset so that you can implement some tactics so you can get started. Um, but I want to stress the second thing I want to stress is that this isn't the end all be all. There's lots of ways to, to build wealth. There's lots of ways to stabilize your life um, through you know, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, investments in companies. Um, and it's not to say you have to have a career in real estate. You can have lots of different careers and invest in real estate on the side. So this is one way to do it, but there's lots of others. So not saying upend your life and change everything because of these cool tactics we're gonna talk about or the mindset, um, just layer them into your life. And then finally, I just wanted to say, especially during these times that this is kind of a judgment-free zone uh, and it goes both ways. I'm being very vulnerable. I'm gonna tell you the things that I've done well, but I'm also going to share the things that I didn't do well. And then looking back, I learned almost more from those. Um, there's, there's no political agenda here. There's no religious agenda. Um, it's not a religious thing. It's not a political thing. It's just a thing thing. And it's something that I've learned over my 25 years doing this and just want to share that with you. But I would just say, take what you what works for you and just leave the rest. And But layer it in. Just layer it into your life. And, and hopefully it'll it'll jumpstart some things and it'll activate some some concepts that you may not have thought about. So that's the whole idea. So today's topic is uh, in the headline is finding your power with three questions and four boxes. So sounds like a riddle, but it's not. So what so what do I mean by that? And so if if what I first said is, this is about you, this is about the listener and about, you know, engaging in, a, you know, the idea of, in, in, you know, buying your first home and engaging in the, the process of uh, purchasing real estate. How could I possibly do that? How would anybody possibly do that? 
of the two million realtors in the country, uh, how could they possibly do anything like that without getting to know you specifically? Um, you know, because what we're talking about with housing literacy is buying the right property, the right type of property in the right location at the right time for the right price with the right terms. It's a lot of things that go into that very big and serious decision. So in order to do that, uh, I, we, we think, uh, I think we need to start with three questions and four boxes. And what that's about is the current reality in your life and then the future, future goals, where you wanna go with your life. And those two things are often in conflict and which prevent people from doing something about buying a home. And it, it happened to me. So one of the things we like to do with Powerful Homes is get the answer to the three questions and then have somebody take a sheet of paper out, just this simple, draw a big box on it, put a, a cross in the middle of it, and which results in four boxes. So well, let me get into it. So we, we ask them to record it. We ask them to write it down at a point in time. And our whole thing is about education and empowerment. And our goal is to help 10,000 people in the next 10 years. So we would be thrilled to go with you on this journey, this journey of personal transformation, which, le which leads to a stronger uh, foundation in your life with your, with your financial situation, which leads to you being able to accomplish your dream. So we'd love to go with you on that journey. So if you recorded it in the beginning and recorded it in year two and then year three, you can see the growth. So if I'm going to ask somebody to do that, if I'm going to ask somebody to do that, I ought to be able to do that myself. So what I'm going to do today is go through the three questions in four boxes, the current reality in my life and the goals and the priorities I had in each of those phases. And I'm going to do it from my 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. And um, I just want to, while I do that, I want to point out some things, some housing literacy moments that I only learned when looking back, when I had context for it. I took the, I leaped in order to look, as we say, um, I took the leap and it, something good happened. Um, difficult squeeze tests happened along the way, but I, I was able to change my future priorities and uh, goals by understanding and taking into account the current realities of the situation. So here we go. So the, the three questions you might be wondering, pretty simple, they sound simple, which are, who am I? How is it going? And what do I want? What do you want? So. In my 20s, again, I'll take you through quickly each one of the decades and again, drop in some housing literacy along the way. So in my 20s, who was I? And you, people can answer that any way they, they feel uh, they want to answer it. So for me, you know, you think about, uh, you know, I was a son of the last of seven kids. I was in a, in a very conservative family that didn't think risk was a good idea. Um, and again, while we're doing these, these questions, we kind of, you know, going deeper and understanding and unpacking possibly, um, you know, how did I get to who I am, right? So, so going back to that, you know, I was a son. Uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, which turned into a fiance who I married uh, when I was 25. So then I became a husband. Um, I was a student, you know, in my early 20s at James Madison University. Um, then I was a graduate and then I was a CPA. I think that's how I would have answered who, who are you? Um, and I would, I would have said I was a W-2, I was an employee of Price Waterhouse in New York City. Um, a, a job that I loved the firm, but I didn't like the work that I was doing, which um, will lead into the next question. But those are the basic ideas of who I was, who my identity was, how I got there. So how was it going? I think it was going fine. I think I was in decent shape. Things were going okay. Um, I graduated college, which I have told the story before. 
um, that I was excited. I paid for the paper out when I got when I was a child. Um, but things were fine. But I would, if you would ask me in my 20s, I would have said, I don't like my job. I don't like it. I think it's super fun. Um, but how's it going? I'm kind of, at, it wasn't at ease. I was looking for something. I was searching. And I was always kind of not comfortable. So the last thing is, what do I want? I wanted to get married and I wanted to have a huge family with my wife, Cami. And um, that was about it. And so in my 20s, nowhere in there, as you can see, was a buying real estate. It just wasn't on my radar. And because of, you know, those answers to those three questions, then my priorities at the time were work as much as I can, make as much money, have as many adventures as I could, um, and then start thinking about a family. Those are my four priorities in the, the four boxes, which would be work, money, housing, and then other for me was always family, has always been family. So that was it. And so in my 20s, I rented, and here's a housing literacy moment. When we, right after we got married, about two years later, when I was 27, my landlord, David Axelrod, said, hey, Matt, you're a great tenant, uh, but would you want to buy this? I'm thinking about selling it. Uh, it was a fourplex about a block off the ocean in Long Beach, uh, New York. And I said to him, uh, no thanks. I just want to rent. That's too serious. It just wasn't on my radar. Again, based on my current reality and the priorities I had set for myself at that time. $450,000, I could have done it, and which is was the purchase price. It is now worth over $1.6 million. So again, just let that sink in. You know, if depending on what your current reality is and how you're prioritizing your life, your antennas may not be up for opportunities like that. So going into my 30s, uh, I started realizing that I needed to do something about my, my tension with the job I didn't like. So I got a career counselor and everything pointed that I should be an entrepreneur. So we ended up deciding to move to Colorado, the most entrepreneurial city in the nation at the time. And right away, we, well, we brought with us two kids. We were blessed to have two kids. And right away, I bought a house. So in my 30s, who was I? I was a husband of two. I was um, uh, you know, a young father. I was a CPA working at PricewaterhouseCoopers. They moved us out here. Um, and I was starting to think about what else I could be. You know, uh, how was it going? I was still fine, still dissatisfied with my job. And I wanted to start becoming an entrepreneur. That's why I moved here to Colorado. And then what do I want? We wanted to have more kids. Um, and then I was starting to think about, if you ever looked this up, how much how much do kids cost? So the, the answer to that question is around 250 per child through 18 years old. And it's another 250 give or take if you want to pay for colleges, their colleges, which is what we wanted to do. And then it may be another hundred, give or take, plus um, if they were involved in competitive sports or things like that. So you're looking at six to seven hundred thousand dollars, zero to eighteen per child. So in my thirties, I start thinking, okay, hmm, I can. I still was working at my a job, a financial job, and I was kind of transitioning out of that. So I started flipping homes. So I flipped a lot of homes, and I started thinking about how much having children um, and paying for their college would cost. So. Think about, I talked about, you know, answers to the questions again in my 30s. My new priorities were I'm making more time to be with my children and paying for their college. And so I started buying other properties, started fixing and flipping homes and buying rental properties. So that's what I did in my 30s. Again, you can see how these things interact, the current reality, future goals, how can real estate support it? I also, that house that I bought at 31 in my uh, 30s ended up going up in value about a lot, you know, about two fifty to three hundred thousand, which I used all that equity to fund being a young father, a young family. So now we go to the, my forties. 
who am I? I'm a father of four now, and now I have teenage kids, which that's that was cool. <laughs> it's 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 an interesting phase. I love our children; they're fantastic. But it's it's tough. It's a difficult phase for everyone. So I wanted to be even more there. So I started coaching their teams. So I needed more time. So I really then settled into being a full-time investor. Um, I also started thinking my priorities started shifting. One of my boxes became. Um, I wanted to make a bigger difference, so I started buying in my 40s assisted living facilities, and I started investing in uh, properties for the homeless and formerly incarcerated. I just started trying to make a difference for folks, as well as be there for my family, um, and all the while trying to increase my earnings. So all of that current reality and future goals, which now are changing, um, I needed to make more money. So. Uh, that was amazing. So in my in my 40s, I ended up selling those assisted living facilities and a lot of those assets uh, because there's changes in regulations happened. So um, it's very interesting to look back on that. Something that I thought was going to be a lifelong thing ended up being a short time thing, but very satisfying. So now here I am in my 50s. Um, who am I? How's it going? What do I want? Uh, my children are, are grown. A couple are out of college, which we planned on. Uh, a long time ago, and we were super proud of that. One's about to graduate this year, and another one's got two years left. So we're just about empty nest. So now I'm looking back and saying, and, and how's it going? It's going very well. We're almost empty nest, but I'm thinking I, I want to make even more of a difference. I want to create a legacy. Is there anything I've learned that I could pass along? So I wrote a book and created an online course. And now I've set as a new goal, helping 10,000 people in 10 years uh, through uh, home ownership and real estate investing. So as you can see, my current my current reality kept changing. My priorities have been shifting and moving and shifting and moving. All the while, I've bought different asset classes. I've bought land. I've built houses. I've flipped homes. Um, I've rent, been a rental owner of long-term multifamily, and and those assets have shifted throughout my career. I became a full-time real estate developer and an investor because I liked it so much. So um, and now in my fifties, one of the things I've learned um, is that. You know, it was difficult to try to help people that were home, uh, formerly incarcerated and homeless and that were seniors, and I helped seniors as well. I wasn't trained in that. So what, that's one of the reasons I've been selling those assets uh, and, and, and reinvesting in other things. And so we've launched Powerful Homes now, um, and, and I really want to help as, as best I can, and we'd be thrilled to help you with your journey along the way um, and empower any dreams that you have. So. Hopefully that was of some, some value to you. Looking back on decisions I made to buy, decisions I made to sell, decisions I made to get into different asset classes based on my ever-evolving uh, priorities. And it's just been a fantastic thing. Real estate has been one of the constants in, in a life that you, know, you constantly have your feet trembling under you at times, you know, during the teenage years and during the crazy times, you know, the pandemic and the Great Recession. The one constant throughout that has been real estate. And you know, in my 40s, we, we moved, and one last thing I'll say, is that we moved, we sold that house. That was great for when the little kids were little. We sold that house, bought a house that I'm, I'm currently in now, um, just because it was a, a different school setting, a different, um, a different offerings for, for us as, as a family. So that this house has, again, afforded me uh, some appreciation and equity that I can use to help pay for my kids' college, and pay for the, 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 the new priorities we have with our life. So, so glad you're with us. You know, I'm so proud to uh, be doing this, this podcast. 
And like I said in the last one, if you have any questions, you can go on our website, which is uh, powerfulhomes.org. There's a, there's a question form. There's even a, um, a form you can interact with our team. And then I also have my, my um, cell phone, which is 303-885-1644. If you wanted to text me, uh, you wanted to chat for a few minutes, um, we, again, we're, we're so excited to just put this information out there. Hopefully it's of value to you. It puts it in context, wherever you are in your journey, whatever's going on for you. Um, we believe that, you know, buying a home, investing in real estate it could, could really be a thing that stabilizes things and creates fantastic opportunities for you to empower your dreams. See you next time. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Housing Literacy Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. And stay connected with Matt Garino by visiting www.powerfulhomes.org.